welcome to the Rising Feminine Collective podcast. I'm your host, Nina Petruzzo, and I'm so honored that you're here. This is a sacred space to inspire, elevate, and amplify your life, your business, your relationships, and your gifts. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Rising Feminine Collective podcast. I am your host, Nina, and I am beyond thrilled to be in conversation today with one of my most beloved friends, one of my best friends since I was 15 years old. Me and this woman have just walked to the edges of the earth and back beside each other. We've traveled around the world together. Molly is someone that I just so deeply admire in my life. And I'm so infinitely grateful for our sisterhood and our friendship. So with my just like utmost excitement today, we have Molly Rose on the podcast and Molly is an intuitive astrologer, an embodiment teacher, a spiritual mentor. Molly walks beside other women as they reclaim their bodies, their hearts, their radiance, their truth so that they can truly be turned on and lit up by their life and Molly if you if you've seen her if you know her you know how magical she is and I'm just so excited that you're here Molly to be in this conversation today mm, what an intro Neens thank you so much I am honored to be here I'm excited that our times have finally aligned for us to have this conversation no doubt divinely of course and mm, I'm excited to dive in with you Oh my gosh. Well, and just all the things, Molly has been in a massive transit. She (laughs) has been living in Thailand. She's now back on Cape Cod, which is both of our hometowns. I'm in Colorado. I'm going to be going to Cape Cod in a couple of weeks and we're going to get to be together in person. But yeah, girl, you've had a lot going on. So I, you're just like grounding back into the energy of America and the USA, which I'm sure has been evolutionary in in so many ways right now. So I would love for so Molly, just because your journey is so incredibly inspiring and you have, I've just witnessed firsthand being your friend, the (laughs) massive shifts that have happened in your life over the past, honestly, like 15 years. And you don't have to go that far if you don't want to, but I would love for you to just share your journey, kind of where you've been, and just giving us a little storyline of becoming the woman that you are today and really being anchored in this just light that is shining so bright in her leadership in the world. Mm, I love that. I I love the opportunity to talk about myself <laughs> and to talk about my journey. I love it too. It has been a long one, an expansive one. Obviously, you've known me since high school days, um, which is, it's been quite the evolution since that time, of course, as we would hope, right, that we're always growing and shedding and blossoming and becoming. Uh, I would say that the real magic started to unfold. uh, How many years ago is that now? Seven, I think I'm 32. Yeah, 25 years old. Found myself living in Boston, going through the motions, you know, living in an apartment with my boyfriend in a job, just graduated from college, kind of just do to do going through the, the motions in kind of mediocrity. And I wasn't happy with it. And there was always 
a knowing that there was something more and something deeper. And I didn't know what it was. And I just had the urge to travel. It's like the only thing that was tangible to me. It was like, I just want to throw, (laughs) throw away all of my shit and book a ticket and get out of here. And it's like the only thing that I felt like I could maybe feasibly do. And I started reading like Gabby Bernstein books, you know, like the universe has your back and may cause miracles and all those. And I just started opening myself to the idea that there was something more out there. And there was this concept of a universe and spirit that was holding me and guiding me and that there truly were so many more possibilities available to me. And it's funny, I was just reflecting on this the other day with my boyfriend that there really was like an actual pivotal moment in January of 2014. I was on a family vacation in Costa Rica, laying on the beach. I had just come out of a yoga class. My aunt planted the seed for me and was like, why don't you come here and do a yoga teacher training? And at that moment in time means I was so, I know obviously you knew me back then. I was so in the depths of my own insecurity, body dysmorphia, like no belief in myself, totally in doubt. When she said that to me, I was thinking like, what? No one would ever respect me as a yoga teacher. No one would, I would never have the confidence to stand up in front of a room of people. And the seed was planted. I remember laying on the beach and just thinking like, gosh, I, I don't want to go back to Boston. I don't want to go back to my relationship. I don't want to go back to my job. I don't want to go back to my apartment. I want to do this. Like I want to be a free spirit. I want to flutter around. And it was just like the voice, the voice of God, like do it, Molly. It's possible you can. And for whatever reason, whatever state of mind I was in, in that moment, I finally grasped that. I was like, you know what? Okay. I'm gonna, So that was really the beginning of my whole little eat, pray, love journey. I returned back to Boston after that one week vacation. I signed up for a yoga teacher training in Bali that September. I sublet the apartments. I told my boyfriend, like, I'm moving out, come or don't. I don't really care. I'm I'm at my wits end. I'm doing it. And obviously that relationship dissolved as it was meant to. Hearts were broken. I got on a plane to Bali with a one-way ticket. I landed there September of 2014. And I honestly feel like that is the moment that my life actually began. Mm. I ended up spending 30 days living on a rice paddy, learning to teach yoga. And then for seven months after that, backpacked by myself through all of Southeast Asia, and then returned home with such an expanded view of the world, of myself, of what was possible. I finally started to peel back layers and heal from, you know, lifetimes and generations of traumas and conditioning. And, and it's been ever since then, I became a full-time yoga teacher. I've led retreats all around the world. I have traveled through Europe, through Central America, through Africa, back to Asia countless times. And finally, landed myself back there at the end of 2019, stayed for a year and a half with the pandemic unexpectedly, met the love of my life that I'd been praying for and manifesting and, you know, like doing all the things waiting for for so long. 
stepped into the role of leadership, started mentoring women, owned the fact that I am an astrologer. That's what I came here to do and be and share. And, and here I am 18 months later, back where it all began back home on Cape Cod, ready for the next thing about to fly away to Mexico in a month and really just integrating all of those many changes that have occurred over the last six, seven years, however long it's been. And, and it's such an honor to be able to know who I am now and share my medicine with others and specifically women, like guide them through the depths of body dysmorphia and self-hatred and like low self-worth and low self-esteem and just not even knowing who they are and what they want and what they're meant to do. And now to be in a place where I can be a guiding light, it is, it leaves me speechless. Honestly, every time I get off a call, I'm like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. I feel you on so many levels with that. And it's so insane, Molly, because I distinctly remember, I mean, this was a conversation I had been a part of with you as you were starting (laughs) to make this decision and doing the teacher training in Bali. But I distinctly remember we were sitting at a bar in Selfie somewhere and I I, might've been my going away party. I don't know what it was because I was about to move to California when you then going to Bali. But I remember sitting at this table with you and maybe Sarah was there. I can't remember. But you laid out this plan and you're like, I'm going to Bali. I'm doing this teacher training. And I remember feeling in your energy field at that moment, I was like, something huge has just shifted in her. This is like a massive initiation into a journey that she is meant to be on. And, and then you went off and, you went. <laughs> and, and then it was amazing for me as your friend to go years later back to Bali with you and stand on those rice patties that you did your teacher training at and to really just see your deep love and reverence of the land in Bali, especially because I know it's so near and dear to you and Southeast Asia Asia is so near and dear to you. And then we had our wild adventures in Sri Lanka, but, (laughs) but Bali was such a huge time of growth and evolution for both of us. And I feel that was a time to Molly and, and you can speak more to this. I feel for me and you were both going through heartache at that time. We were moving through the process of grief. And I feel that was the time in both of our lives in which we were really meeting the sacred process of death and rebirth, maybe for the first time really intensely. And I feel that was the time too, in which both of us really unraveled a lot of the shame that we had around our bodies. And all this conditioning that had been placed upon us throughout our whole life in different ways through our societal programming. And I just feel this, this journey impacts so many women because we are so conditioned to hate and shame and feel guilt around our bodies and our emotions and our feminine energy. And I know that you do so much work around this in your mentorship as well, but I would love for you to share just even a little bit deeper with, with those in this community, you know, what are some of the things, tools, practices, insights that you have to share around really liberating yourself to feel fully expressed, to be who you are, to come back to this deep well of love and compassion and acceptance to your vessel, and then to really be bold and brave enough to then step into the world embodying this truth that has always been within. Mm. It's beautiful that you say that because 
It's so true. I actually remember on that trip, I think we were at a yoga class, maybe at the yoga barn in Ubud somewhere. And it was the very first time in my entire life that I took my shirt off and practiced yoga in my sports bra. I remember that. And I was like, you know, I wanted, I kind of wanted to throw up. I was so self-conscious, but I was looking around at other women doing it. And it was just that moment. And I think that that's been the journey. It's been just a series of choices of choosing myself and deciding, I don't want to hate myself anymore. I don't want so much of my mental real estate to be taken up thinking about what I look like and trying to like pull my yoga pants up over my belly and check myself out in every window that I walk by and do I look okay and just being so overly concerned with my physical appearance and what am I going to eat today and when am I going to work out and having that run my life and something about the energy Bali itself is such a vortex of transformation that I just finally felt I think we all get to these edges where we get to a point where it's like, we're being offered a choice in this moment. And that distinctly was one of those moments where it was a choice that was like, you know what? I'm choosing me. I'm choosing that. I'm going to feel super fucking uncomfortable, but I'm going to take my shirt off anyways. And I'm going to practice feeling comfortable and surrounding myself with other women who are also on the same journey and seeing the, the beauty in them that's something that's been wildly transformational for me. I was actually just talking about this with Sarah yesterday. We got together in curating who I surround myself with, both in in real life and also in social media and seeing representations of different body sizes and women that I see myself in and I see their bodies and I think, God, she's so beautiful and I see her rolls on her belly and like curves and this beautiful voluptuous shape. And it has been a permission slip to start to accept my own body in the same light. And it's, it's been a long, long journey. It's been a series of choices along the way and coming from a place of self-love rather than self-hatred. So the choices that I'm making what food to put in my body, what clothes to put on my body, how to move my body, what to say, how to speak to myself, how to speak to others, and just making the decision to constantly be aware that that's always coming from a foundational place of love. Like, I love myself, so I'm going to choose to eat this. I love myself, so I'm going to choose to go for a walk. I'm going to choose to practice yoga. I'm going to choose to go to a dance class, not because I hate myself and I need to change, but because I deeply, deeply care about myself and I deserve to feel good. And that's been the choice and continuing to invest in myself and invest in support and surround myself with a, a literally a team of support that can hold me up and remind me when I inevitably forget, right? And not shaming myself for forgetting sometimes and falling into old thought patterns and loops because it is so deeply ingrained that we can't expect that it just unravels at, all at once with one practice. And as you know, obviously that the healing journey is not linear it is a spiral. And so sometimes it does feel like we have spiraled backwards and it's just another opportunity to check ourselves and make a choice again. Okay. Got a little bit out of line there. Recognize these thoughts coming in. Okay. How can I shift? How can I choose to come from a place 
of love. And it's a moment to moment decision and choice. And I would say that everything that's led me to where I am today has been a choice, even deciding, God, I've been wanting to travel forever. Like I'm scared as hell. I'm scared to leave this relationship. I'm scared to step out of my comfort zone, all the things, but I'm choosing me. I'm choosing to do it. I'm choosing to come from a place of love. Yes. Preach sister. <laughs> this is the journey. And it, it it's so true. I mean, you know, hearing your words that was pulling me into my own body even deeper, because it truly is such just an energetic shift that just happens. And there's moments in which I too, in my journey can like pinpoint when those turning points were beginning to happen in the relationship with my body. But then it truly all of a sudden was just like this arrival into the choice, exactly as you stated. And I think for me too, I just got like sick of my bullshit. And I honestly just got a little bit disgusted with being so disgusted by my body and always having this inner critic dialogue turned up in my brain. And, you know, and, and Molly knows, and I've shared this before, you know, I struggled too with disordered eating and exercise for years. And I was always extremely skinny and like everyone would tell me to eat a cheeseburger all the time. And like, that would piss me the fuck off. So hardcore. That was my conditioning my whole life. And it spiraled me deeper into this like hate and discomfort in my body because yeah, it's just all of these layers and it's placed upon all of us as women in some way. And I love that you mentioned too, like, thank God we are getting so much more representation of more bodies that we see like through all of these different outlets and channels in our life because yeah we don't we weren't presented the realistic image from a time that we were a child and I pray for the future women of earth future sons and daughters that we do have more real bodies being seen being shown being exalted because we can't continue this cycle anymore. We come from love. We're going to return to love. And this shame that's just so ingrained in us around our bodies has been created to really separate us from the love and the power and the sovereignty that beats within our hearts. Totally, totally, totally. And it's so wild because it's, it's actually, it's crazy just to reflect back on the journey because it, I mean, I was so obsessive. And you know this, I remember you saying this to me in Bali, like Molly, I really think this is a big, big part of your journey. Like you need to learn to love and accept this body. I can, I can remember vacations that I've gone on. I remember a trip going to Vegas with some girlfriends. And the only thing I remember about it was just feeling so uncomfortable in my body, feeling like I was the biggest person in the room being so obsessed. It was like, I couldn't enjoy myself. I would hold myself back from experiences. I remember in high school, never going to the beach on the weekends when it was a big group of people, because I was ashamed of my body. When meanwhile, I know I was like probably 114 pounds. I was like super tiny. But when I looked in the mirror, I saw like just disgust. I looked at myself in disgust and I can remember again, exactly as you said, like such similar moments of getting sick of my own bullshit of just like, you know what? Enough is enough. I don't want to live like this anymore. I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted trying to micromanage every single thing that I put in my body and how I move it and like count the calories and this and that. And like, there's got to be more to life. And now I've arrived in a place where I almost forget that that even used to be me, Same. Yeah, which is so wild and which I just want to be an example and like 
scream this from the rooftops to other women that it is so possible to heal and get past that. Like if you are someone right now that you are stuck in those cycles of shame and self-hatred with your body, it is so much more than possible to break out of it and even get to a point where those thoughts almost never even cross your mind. Like I was at the beach the other day. I just walked down to do a little meditation and there were these two older women there and they asked someone to take their picture. And one of them said, oh my gosh, can you, can you retake that? I look so fat. And then the other one was like, oh yeah, I have a double chin. And then the other one was like, oh my gosh, I ate so much yesterday. And I remember being legitimately shocked because I, I actually couldn't, I'm so far from that point now that I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We don't talk to ourselves like that anymore, ladies. Like what is, I almost want to get up and intervene. I'm like, what is going on here, ladies? We are beautiful. We love ourselves. Hello. You look great. Work it. Yes. Yes. But I, I forget that so many women are still trapped in that mentality and it really breaks my heart, but also strengthens my mission and my resolve to guide as many women as possible back into this well of infinite inherent worth and love and deservingness within them that it's always there. It's just a path of remembrance, right? It's not even anything that you need to learn. It's just unlearning all of the conditioning that's been essentially programmed into us from the moment that we were born, probably even before. It is. It's a divine remembrance for sure. But we are the ones that have the choice to remember it. And I love what you stated too, Molly, about just like surrounding yourself with the humans, people, women that really light and continue to lift you up because I do feel obviously community and just sisterhood for me too. And my journey has been the most expansive thing is like, we get to be reflections of each other's radiance and you know, I, I just will keep going back. Our trip in Bali really was that. That was, you know, we had always been such close friends, but we went through a lot of shit together there. And we were with each other every day for like 45 days, maybe more. I can't remember. And, you know, we we gotten so, so close during that time. And that really was, I feel, one of my first initiations into true sisterhood, where we are reflecting to each other such deep magic that beats within both of us and to be that divine mirror and to really call each other out on our bullshit stuff. And we weren't afraid to do that for each other in so many ways, which I feel has been a catalyst now in the way that we're able to show up in the work that we do with other women and to be that just fierce and loving divine mother energy for other women that we get to walk beside. Totally, totally. And I think also it was that space of being vulnerable, like letting someone else, letting a sister see you in the mess, like in the shadow, in the complete breakdown. Cause we both had many moments along that trip. I mean, we were both navigating some serious heartbreak where it was just like, I'm in it today, you know, and just letting someone else hold you in that. And that in itself is so powerful because training yourself to to be witnessed. I think also what, I mean, that trip was such a catalyst for so much. I can remember for both of us, just so many seeds that we planted, so many things that we were manifesting. I remember, I remember that trip feeling 
so on the edge of something of like, I can taste it. I don't quite know what it is yet, but I can taste it. Like something big is coming. I meant to do something so big in this world. And, and there was such an eagerness and also an impatience around it, but it's beautiful now to have more of that feeling of arrival and to reflect back on that of, of wow, like so much has unfolded since then. And so much was set in motion during that time. And it was, it was being together, allowing ourselves to, to be completely transparent in our healing journey of like, I'm moving through some really heavy shit. And like, this is coming up. I'm having these, these thoughts come up and I'm feeling so much shame around them, but rather than suppressing them, keeping them inside, like we're taught to do, I'm going to vocalize it. I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to let someone else know that it exists. And I know for me, and I know for you as well, like that's such a foundational part of the work that we do now, like the, the space that we hold for women, of course, we're both cancer sisters. So we've got that compassionate divine mother energy where it's like, I just want to be a super, super solid, safe space for women to unravel all the conditioning, all the shame, all the things. And it's like, I got it. Like I, I can hold it down. There's nothing that you can throw my way. That's going to scare me away. That's going to make me judge any part of you. It's just like, let's do it. Let's go all the way the fuck in because that's where the magic is. That's where the transformation occurs. That's the rebirth process. That is how we find the inner truth and rise into the light and into love and find our medicine and find our path of purpose and create ripples of change in the world. And now more than ever, we need as many people as possible awakened to the magic that lives within them. I'm so grateful for that time that we had together needs. It was such a catalyst. I know. I'm like, oh my, I'm going to go through my pictures after we, after we <laughs> this episode, because it truly was. And I, I, exactly what you spoke. And I would love for you to go a little bit deeper because this is a topic that we both love so much. And that I, I do want to chat more about astrology as well. And this might even segue into this, you know, just kind of the work around shadow and emotional alchemy and really yeah, the, the benefits of it. And, and it truly is exactly as you stated. It's like, there comes point moments in your life that you do, you have a choice that you can lean in or you can turn away. And a lot of my life, I turned away. I stuffed, suppressed, you know, totally bypassed a lot of my emotional experiences and, and what was going on in my inner world. And then there's those moments that were sacred initiations in which I could no longer turn away and I had to lean all the way in and it was very dark and it was very heavy and I to meet all the messy and super uncomfortable parts of myself but looking back on those times that was my initiation to be the woman that I am today there there I wouldn't be me without having gone through and leaning into the darkness and into the shadow. So yeah, just, just go into that. Just channel <laughs> that, Molly. That's a, uh, such a beautiful, yeah, reflection. And it's such a beautiful journey. And I think that, you know, in the spiritual community, shadow work is thrown around a lot. And I know 
for some of my community, it's, there's a lot of, that's like, what, what actually is that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of words that we throw around that even embodiment that it's kind of like, it seems a little bit mystical and, and then almost a little bit intimidating because it's like, well, what is that? I don't know what that is, but honestly, it's just meeting the unmet parts of yourself. It's meeting the old stories, the conditioning, the traumas, the stories that you've been telling yourself for so long about what's wrong with you, why you're not good enough, why you're too much, why you can't have this, why you can't be that. I mean, yada, 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 it goes on and on and on. And it's, it's meeting them with grace and compassion and choosing to move through them and choosing to allow someone to witness you moving through them. And I know for both of us, we have, you know, an arsenal of tools that we use to transmute those shadows and to alchemize them. I particularly love breath work and any sort of somatic movement in general, like just free form movement going all the way into it. But I think that it can be such a scary journey because it really does mean that we are admitting to ourselves what lives within us and it's not pretty and it's not necessarily acceptable or, or welcomed by society to share these things, but it truly is the most rewarding journey. And it's just one that I think when you eventually move yourself through it and you come to the other side, you start to recognize that life continues to be an ongoing process of death and rebirth there are always more layers to peel back. I, we, before we pressed record on this, I was sharing with Nina, like I spent the whole morning crying. I've got another shadow that's risen up, but it's just, again, making the choice in the moment to lean into it rather than lean away from it and look at it as an opportunity. Okay. There is something here for me to learn. There is some new part of my magic and my radiance that is waiting to be unlocked by me actually facing this and looking at this and unraveling this. And for me, it's a lot of crying. It's a lot of emotional release and moon is in cancer today. It's a naturally emotional and sensitive time. And that's why I love astrology so much is because it's kind of become this roadmap for me to navigate through the shadows. You know, it becomes like this sacred guide for me, as I just said, like, okay, the moon's in cancer. Yep. I'm feeling a bit more tuned into my emotions. I'm feeling a little bit more sensitive. You know what? I'm going to honor that. I'm going to literally spend the morning in bed doing a breast massage and crying and letting ourselves completely unravel and fall apart is just so necessary. And I think that the more that you can stop making yourself wrong also for what you're feeling, because sometimes we are going to suppress it. Sometimes we aren't going to feel ready to face it. Sometimes we are going to push it away. I've been doing that. I do that all the time. I still do it regardless of how much I know that it's an up-level opportunity. I still stuff shit down and push it away and I don't want to feel it. But eventually you get to a point where it's like, okay, enough time to feel this. And that's where the importance of being held in supportive containers comes in because there's someone there in front of you, witnessing you, mirroring you and guiding you into it where maybe you don't want to guide yourself. Maybe you are resisting it and you are running away, but you know what, when you have someone sitting in front of you, holding space, leading you into it, it's like, okay, I guess we're doing it. I guess we're going all the way in. We're just going to feel the things and you do it. And you unlock something and you come to the other side and you return back to that baseline of joy. And you remember once again, the cycle of death and rebirth and the transformative powers of just feeling what needs to be felt in the moment. And 
you know, I love working with the moon so much because it's such a mirror of the cyclical rhythm of our own feminine bodies and cycles and wombs that there's a time for going in and going into the dark womb of all things and like swimming through the shadows and going into the depths and just letting yourself be in it and trusting yourself and trusting the journey and knowing that you've been here before and you're not going to drown and it's going to be okay. And you've got a whole team of supportive hands reaching out to pull you up if you feel like you're going too far under. And then inevitably you rise to the surface again and the sun is shining and everything's bright and you feel great. And it's like, oh my gosh, life is so amazing and abundant and clear and great, magical. And then another wave comes and you go in it and you just kind of learn to, to not judge it and not attach so much meaning to it and just understand that this is the process of life. And this is the process of awakening and evolution and, and you roll with it and it's all good. A hundred. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. I always remember it's like, you know, the darkness just gives an opportunity for the light to rise again, always. Right. And it's like, we get to really meet ourselves in all of these messy and glorious layers of our being, because that's the fullness of our human experience. And, you know, one of my most divine teachers, Mary Magdalene, speaks to this. And the Greek word is, you know, anthropos, which is to be fully human and fully divine. And we're 100% of both, 100% human, 100% divine on earth. And the heart to me is the bridge between our humanness and our divinity. But truly, we are here to experience the fullness of our human expression, which, which is the feeling of our emotions and is the continuous process of death and rebirth that we get to be initiated into, because I believe, you know, we only live as much as we let ourselves die. You know, if we're not dying, we're, we're continuing to be the same and we're not moving through the evolution that we're designed for is what I feel. Totally. And the thing is recognizing, just as you say, like we're fully human and we're fully divine and we get to feel the full spectrum of emotions in any given moment. Like we get to hold all of it and expand our capacity that like at the same moment that I could be feeling the most bone crushing grief, I could also be celebrating like the most wild ecstatic bliss. It can actually all exist in one moment. And so much of our conditioning is like chasing this illusion of happiness while pushing away the idea of sadness and anything that relates to that when it's like actually letting yourself go all the way into the depths of grief and sadness and all the heavy emotions you can think of that we're taught to associate as negative is just a catalyst for feeling the genuine joy, bliss, ecstasy that exists. Like the spectrum expands. The more that you swing the pendulum in one direction, the further it swings in the other direction. And I think that that is something that we're just not taught, that we're all really unlearning is that joy is the baseline in my belief. You know, one of my sacred teachers, Guru Singh, my Kundalini teacher teaches and says that joy is our baseline, right? Joy is like the blue sky. So it's always there. The sky is always blue, but weather comes in, emotions come in. And sometimes that rainstorm lasts for three days, for a week. Sometimes it's raining for a month or longer, but the blue sky is always there. Joy is always there. And he says that any emotion felt fully returns to joy. 
And I think of that anytime that I sink way down into the depths of grief and I'm crying so, so like full body hurling with tears at some point it breaks and it turns to laughter and it's like back to joy, back to that baseline. And that's something that I always remind myself of, remind my clients of, I always bring myself back to that is that joy really is the baseline and everything else is just weather passing through. And so why not just feel it? Why not just go stand outside in the rain and let it wash over me? Because I know that the blue sky is coming again. I know the sun's coming out. I know the joy is returning. And it's, it's knowing that it's remembering that as the anchor to get you through those difficult moments. Yeah. That's such a beautiful analogy because it truly is. It's like, it is all weather. That baseline is joy, which is our truth. And I think what you touched on too, Molly, in a different way is like, that we get to remember that we are not either or we are both and we get to exist in the divine duality of who we are you know but again it's been so programmed into us to be an either or to be right or wrong to be this or that to be the virgin or the whore right it's like i'm just bringing it back to all my first century christianity teachings that i'm so deep into That's where I've been, but, but it it is, it's, it's like, this has been programmed into us that you cannot be both. You have to have to choose, you know, you can't be happy and sad. You can't be grieving and experiencing joy, but truly actually the full spectrum is here and we don't just exist in one part of it. It's like, we are the fullness of the whole expression of this divine rainbow of our life here right we're taught to fit ourselves into a box and I know for me bringing it back to astrology I've got a whole lot of Gemini energy in my chart I've got my moon Jupiter Mercury like Gemini's popping off for me and Gemini's the twins it's this duality so for so much of my life I felt like a ping pong ball bouncing back and forth of like am I this way or am I this way am I this way or am I this way and it's been the most liberating thing to be like you know what I'm both I'm all of it in any different moment, I've got all of these archetypes alive within me. I'm a multidimensional human being and different experiences, different places, different conversations, different people bring out and elicit different archetypes within me. And I've just learned to be okay with that and recognize that it's all authentic, that it's, I get to wear all of these different masks that are true to me within me and just just accepting that. I mean, self-acceptance is just the most liberating journey that we ever get to go on. It's like, you know what? I'm just going to be wildly myself, whoever I am in any moment. And it doesn't matter if it's different than who I was yesterday. And it doesn't matter. Like I'm allowed to change my mind. I'm allowed to have different ideas. I'm allowed to change my hair and change my outfit and play around with different things because we also forget about and hello, we're in Leo season now, like play and joy and the divine child. Like we forget to just lighten up and have fun. Like life also gets to be an adventure. It doesn't have to be so heavy. We can just play around and have fun and not take things too seriously and see it all as a learning lesson. We're here in earth school. We're learning some lessons, dancing through it all. And it's like, okay, cool. Like, how can I find the divine joke in all of it? How can I just laugh and have fun with this? Even when it's heavy and it sucks and it's hard and it's uncomfortable. Like, can you also exist in both in that moment? Can you also see it from a a further perspective? And I'm a projector in human design. So 
I have a pretty easy time like zooming out and going and perching myself up on the branch and seeing everything from a bird's eye view and understanding it. And I know that's part of my medicine and part of my magic is just seeing things really clearly and how it needs to be untangled and then letting it happen. Mm. Surrendering to the process. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, and I feel, and this is probably a perfect segue into some astrology because I feel astrology is such a divine tool for self-awareness and ultimately acceptance. And Molly and I both are obsessed with astrology and Molly really has devoted much of her path into the learning and embodiment of astrological wisdom. And her Instagram is like amazing. All the moon stuff, she shares everything and she'll share more about her membership later. But I would love for you, Molly, just for those in my community too. I think a lot of women in my community are highly interested in astrology and maybe know a bit about astrology, but I would love for you to just give a little breakdown of how we can use astrology in our life, what astrology is, and just kind of some of the main components that we can start to learn in our chart to help us to deepen our self-awareness and radical acceptance to who we are. I love that. So for me, astrology has been a window into who I am on a soul level, who I came here to be, why I am the way that I am, what my highest potentials are, what my lowest and shadow potentials are. And that really is what astrology is to me, right? Like as above, so below, as within, so without. It's a reflection. It's a blueprint, literally a cosmic blueprint of who your soul choose to chose to be in this lifetime. Because we all have a unique universe within us and it holds the keys to unlocking what our path of purpose is, where we have the most learning to do, like what the lessons are that we have incarnated to learn in this lifetime, what we've already incarnated having mastered and been through, like what the past incarnations have taught us to lead us up into this moment. And so when I look at the birth chart, it's always from a lens of deeper self-awareness and empowerment also, like you have all of these potentials that you can step into. And for me, it's always the greatest gift when I do a, an astrology reading for someone and they feel validated, they feel seen. It's like, ah, I've always felt that way about myself and I've never been able to own it. And there's something about having someone else like reflect it to you that just helps it land better. It's like, ah, you're right. I have always been good at writing. I've always been interested in it. And now there's someone validating it for me because I have all of these placements here. So I'm going to go follow that. And it's been, yeah, such a beautiful journey for me to share this tool with others. Like it obviously started with myself. It's just curiosity, wanting to get my, to know myself a little bit deeper and figure out why I am the way that I am. And what some of the big lessons are that I'm going to be dealing with in this lifetime, what some of my big core wounds are. So then I'm aware of them 
so that when they come up in my daily life, there's less judgment. There's more acceptance. It's like, ah, uh uh-huh. I see how this is playing out. Okay. I understand that I'm going to need a little bit more compassion in this area. I understand that this part of my life or this aspect of myself is a little bit underdeveloped and needs a little bit more attention. And I don't need to shame myself for that. I don't need to judge myself for that. I can just accept it and also know that this can be a pathway into some really, really deep wisdom and medicine for me that I can end up bringing to the collective once it's integrated. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love astrology for the same reasons. And, you know, and it is so validating, you know, and same, I got into it the same way. I think we started really getting into it when we were in Bali. And I think maybe as a child too, like me, Molly, I'd be like in the book section, like with the, with the moon books and like the birthday books and like all these, since I was like seven years old, my mom still remembers me doing that. And I would always ask her to buy those books, but it truly is like a a language that we get to remember. And it is interesting because obviously the world is, is uncertain. Like everything is uncertain. We don't live in certainty, but what I do find is astrology is certain. We've been tracking the movement of the planets and the stars and the constellations. I mean, we can look to that as a bridge and a tool of, of just divine guidance in our life. And, And it does, it unlocks so much of the potential that we hold within. And I think it's so beautiful in the way that I know that you read charts because it is coming from that very empowered place to really help you to identify and unlock your gifts and your radiance. And if someone was just starting to look at their chart, Molly, like where would you direct them to go to have them more deeply understand themselves? So first of all, I, I would definitely recommend getting a reading, if you are interested in it, like having someone reflected to you, whether it's me or someone else, zero attachment there, find someone that resonates and that you trust and invest in yourself. Cause it is something that's, you know, I know my clients and then me as a client of other astrologers, I always watch those recordings again, or listen to them again. And I get something different every single time. It's so multi-layered. It's such a beautiful, unique window into, yeah, just potentials. And I love highlighting the shadow potentials as well. That has been hugely transformative and illuminating for me and recognizing like, oh, uh-huh, I have Mars in Leo in the seventh house. Like, oh, it is really easy for me to blow up and snap at my partner over really little things. Like, let me be a little bit more mindful of that. Let me take ownership of that. Let me take responsibility of that. Let me notice that. And how can I lean into the higher potential of that expression within me? So for me, that's been super transformative. And I would say on a a more like practical, tangible level of how to approach it, I I use astro.com. Go there, type in your birth date, your birth time, your birth location, generate your chart. I would look to, you know, just starting out, I would look to your moon sign. I obviously am obsessed with the moon. Everybody kind of knows that about me. I'm like, got them tattooed all over my body and painted all over my room. And and I'm just obsessed. But our moon sign is a very, very core element of the birth chart to start to understand because it's our heart. It's our emotional needs. It's how we receive emotional nourishment and fulfillment in this lifetime. It's the lessons that our heart has incarnated to learn in this lifetime. And so starting to get a glimpse into the sign that it's in, the house that it's in, is just going to start to give you some insight into what 
emotionally fulfills you? What emotionally nourishes you? How do you find happiness? What's important for you? Like I've got my moon in Gemini. So I, for my sanity, for my like emotional fulfillment, I need variety. I need stimulation. I need to be learning. I love to be constantly delving into something new, learning about something, fluttering around, being social. Whereas someone who's got, you know, a moon in, about Leo, like me, (laughs) (laughs) Moon and Leo, for example, like your emotional nourishment is coming from shining your light, being seen, taking up space, letting your voice be heard and just owning that and not shaming that as being such a core desire of yours, right? A core desire to be in the spotlight and to be on the stage and to be kind of given the microphone is just like, that's, that's what you're here to do. It's what you've incarnated to do. So just own it and allow yourself to be in that. And then, you know, we look at the shadow potentials, Leo being one that can crave validation and can wait for the external validation and shy away from shining too bright for fear of judgment. And when you start to learn and recognize that about yourself, I just find it to be so liberating because it's such a permission slip of like, "Uh uh-huh, I have always desired that really, truly deeply. That is what makes me happy. That is what makes me tick. So no more pushing it away. I'm going to fully own it. I'm going to do the damn thing. I'm going to step up on stage. Nina's got her microphone. She's in the spotlight. It's where you're meant to be. This is like my greatest learning because my moon is in the first house because I'm a Leo moon and rising. So it's been, it's been very awakening to understand this because I so I've craved that since I was a child, but then I, the shadow energy is, well, don't be too much. Don't be too dramatic. Don't be too out there. Don't take up too much space. Don't talk too much. And, you know, now it's of course divine that I have a podcast and I have a platform that I speak on and I know how inspiring I am. And that is one of my gifts is to really activate other people to shine bright with me and alongside me. But it took me so long to reclaim that because just as you're speaking, Molly, that, that, every sign has the high and low vibration and we can have that inner conflict based upon our placements and what planet it's in and, and how it's being illuminated in our chart. So I love that you just described that because I too agree. I do think the moon is such a critical piece of our cosmic blueprint. It is, it is. And the thing for, for your Leo moon is it's like, once you anchor into your own self-worth and drop into your heart where Leo lives and rules and give yourself the validation that you've always been craving, something unlocks and it's like, oh yeah, I get to take up as much freaking space as I want to. I can shine as bright as I want to. It doesn't matter who gets blinded. It's about them and not about me. And I get to stand here anchored in my worth and be a shining light and pillar and example of what it means to follow your truth, to follow your heart, to have an extremely high devoted level of self-worth. And that is so, so potent and so powerful and so needed in the world. And you really get to wear your heart on your sleeve. I definitely do. I would say Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm living that truth for sure. Um, yeah, it's just, it's yeah. Astrology is just so depthful. And I do, like Molly said, I highly recommend getting a reading. I highly recommend Molly, but of course, whoever you are called to, you know, it will be the person in alignment with you, but it is, it's just so powerful to get that reflection. And just because I always think it's so fun, you know, 
feeling into the energies and this episode, Molly, I think is going to be coming out the end of August or beginning of September, but have you looked at the astrology? I know you do a lot of personal astrology, but do you have any insights for just like through the rest of the year and like how to stay anchored in ourselves through whatever, because right as above, so below and as within is without, like we're all affected individually and, and collectively on these massive levels. So I would just love to hear your insights on that. Totally. Um, first of all, I want to say I was just, as you were saying that, I was like, we could throw a little discount code out to the listeners. If yeah, I let's do that. Once I get a reading, we'll throw a little discount code in the, uh, in the notes or something. So people can book in if you feel the call, but what I feel into collectively right now is that there is a whirlwind of energies and change happening. And we see that reflected astrologically and it's not stopping anytime soon. Like the astrology of 2020 and 2021 has been pretty heavy hitting, like cataclysmic wild card change. And so my recommendation to everyone without like going too deep and heady into it is to continue to come back to your sovereignty and ground into your body and find the anchor of the practices and the rituals that connect you back to your own remembrance of divinity and truth within you and be extra gentle with yourself and know that we are in this time of intense, rapid cataclysmic change So if you need to like completely shut off and zone out and just honor yourself and take a full day to lay in bed or sit in a bubble bath or sit outside on the grass, whatever your thing is, give yourself permission, whatever it is that you can stay fully anchored in your body and not swept up in any of the energies and not too wrapped up in fear and anticipation and anxiety of what's coming next, because it's extremely uncertain right now is just come back to truth, come back to your body, come back to your heart. The image I keep getting in my mind right now is just of feet. Like I keep feeling energy pulled down to feet, like go outside with bare feet, stand there, breathe. Imagine like inhales and exhales being exchanged through the soles of your feet with the earth land here, be here and trust, come back to trust everything that's happening, everything that's shifting, everything that's changing, however unsettling it may seem at times, just trust that it is for the greater good. Trust that the frequency of the earth is rising as the frequencies of our bodies rise. So it starts with you. The collective change starts on an individual level. So start with yourself. Yep. Your individual revolution is inspiring the collective evolution, as I say, and it truly does. It starts from within. And as Molly mentioned, it's like once we honor and recognize the divinity and the immeasurable frequency of love that beats within our own hearts, the more able we are able to honor and recognize the divine in all beings. And that's how I truly believe we are elevating the frequency of this planet is this return to love, but we first have to know how to love ourselves and accept ourselves and reclaim the radiance that's within us. And it's existing in all of us. And the more we can see ourselves through the lens of love, the more we then can see others through the eye of the heart. And that is the ultimate change on earth. So yeah. And I feet that I've been getting that too, Molly. I was earthing outside like an hour before this. It is just earth 
is here. She is our divine mother. She's here to hold us. And the more that we can remember that we innately belong to her and each other, the faster we are going to change this planet. And one hundred, one hundred, totally. Well, Molly, and I more <laughs> you know, forever and ever. And also, just feeding off of what you're saying, like the more that we anchor into that truth within us, the more that we also just organically awaken that in others, just yeah. through the embodiment of who we are, just through them interacting with our frequency, not even us needing to force it upon them or you know stuff it down their throats or even say anything tangible with words, but just being in our energy because we are energetic beings. And that is something that we are learning and coming to be more aware of, but it's still, you know, a little bit out there for some people. And so it's like, just stay so anchored in the frequency of who you are and embody who you are and trust that just through your being, through the channel, the vessel of your being, you are making a change. 100% who you be is the ripple effect who you be who you be I was just like getting inspired I'm like oh I have like a whole post idea thanks Molly (laughs) (laughs) channeled writing that's trying to move through my body I'm like this is why I love being in conversation especially just with my soul sisters because we do we all carry codes and they become so unlocked when we're in conversation with each other and it truly my why in starting this podcast was to have these moments of remembrance because as we open ourselves to be in connection and communion and conversation with each other, we start to remember the divine that beats within and we start to remember the truth and we start to expand our own perspectives, which are often limited when it's only us in our just internal state. So we get to really remember that that we do. We get to open and connect and be seen in divine mirrors to each other by who we be. So, and there's truly nothing greater in my opinion than being seen fully. I, I truly believe that that is what every single human being at a core level desires is just to be fully seen for who they are, to feel safe being 100% authentically themselves And being recognized for that, being acknowledged for that, being accepted for that. Oh my gosh, Molly, we're going to have to have you on for our part two, because I feel we just have so many topics that I know we could jam on forever and ever. So Molly will be back on because I know that you all are loving her so much right now, but I would love for you, Molly, to share where the women in my community can find you, where people can find you, where you get to hang out. And I love the idea. We'll put a discount code in the show notes that you can book an astrology reading with Molly, which I highly recommend, but yeah, just tell us all the places that we can connect with you. Yeah, for sure. I, as probably most people, am mostly active on Instagram at Molly Rose Mystic. And you can read a little bit more about me on my website at mollyrosemystic.com. 
the main ways to work with me at the moment are through my monthly membership, the Wild Moon Collective. We meet twice a month for every new and full moon where we dive super deep into the astrology of the specific lunation, all the themes of it. We look at your chart at where it's happening in your chart so that you can really, really use that as an activation for what's you know being activated within you and within your own chart at that time. And then we do an embodiment practice and we move together and we share in sisterhood. And there's a whole living library that comes along with that. I've got like 25 yoga practices, breathwork meditations and visualizations and audio tracks that you'll also receive as you're a part of that. And then I've got my cosmic soul print astrology reading, which is my signature reading. It's 75 minutes deep diving into who you be on a soul level, like who you've incarnated to be, your path of purpose, your highest potentials, your shadow potentials, the lessons that you're learning. And it's really from that lens of not boxing you in and saying you are this way, but empowering you to step into your highest potential and who you really did come here to be, because we all came here with a big purpose. If you're listening to this, I can guarantee you that you've got some deep and potent medicine that this world needs right now. So that's really designed to activate that. And then for the woman that is ready to activate that, step fully into it, work with transiting astrology and go into shadows, I've got my one-on-one mentorship program, which is four months of healing sessions, embodiment sessions, coaching sessions, all the things really being held in the highest lights and the most sacred, compassionate, gentle, loving container to guide you deeper home to your truth, to your medicine, to why you're here on earth right now, what you're meant to do and really rising into the feminine leader that you have come here to be. Love, love, love. Everybody check out Molly. If you don't know Molly, you do after today. And I hope that you come into closer intimacy with her and her magic. And I'm just so blessed to have you in my life, Molly. I feel just infinitely grateful to have you as one of my closest soul sisters and confidants and just magical women that that is in my daily sphere who I can lean on and, and lean into constantly. So I'm just so grateful that you're able to be here. And we got to have this conversation with our community that I know is going to impact and expand all of you listening in so many ways. Likewise, Nina, I'm infinitely grateful for you. You know that I think I tell you that like every chance I get, but you have been such an incredible rock and sister in my life. And I don't want to say I wouldn't be where I am today without you. I'd probably be in a very different place. Who knows who I would be, but you have been such a catalyst for my own transformation and my own rising and my own landing and remembrance into who I am. And it's been such an honor to walk the path with you. And I'm so grateful that we chose to be so sisters in this lifetime. What an honor. Okay, now we're just going to cry together. (laughs) I love you so much, Molly. Like in this, this is the magic of sisterhood. And I hope and pray that all of you listening right now have a soul sister in your life that you get to share and be in this kind of communion with because it is the most special. And I fully believe that you attract it. 
through who you be and really trusting in the full expression of who you are and those those that are meant for you are going to come for you in that energy we're not meant to go through life alone sisterhood is some of the most powerful medicine i have ever experienced and it it comes when you arrive in your truth and you decide who you are what you're worth what you're worthy of and you allow yourself to be a magnet to the other women that are also meant to be in your life. Thank you, Molly. And thank Thank you for all of you listening. And we will see you soon on another episode of the Rising Feminine Collective podcast. Love you all.